This summer, have a safe one by learning your ABCs. A is for action plan. Having an action plan means you know what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. B is for be safe. Be aware of the hazards you may face in the local area. C is for connect. Connect to abc.net.au slash emergency for the latest emergency information. During an emergency, listen to your local ABC radio station. ABC Radio is your emergency broadcaster. ABC Sport. Grandstand Cricket. There you go. That's it for the day. You can hear the bales. And that is Stumps. This is Grandstand at Stumps. On ABC Radio. ABC Sport Digital. And take us with you on the ABC Listen app. None for nine. Hazelwood to Brathwaite. Edges caught by Carey. First wicket falls. And it's Josh Hazelwood getting the nick with the pink ball at the Gabba. Cummins moves in. And there's the whip and the catch at first slip. Well, he slashed it again. And so one for 42 becomes two for 42. And, well, it was a, a merry 21 from Mackenzie. But he's on his way. Two for 42. Stark to Chanderpaul. Edges to second slip. Steve Smith takes the catch. That's the end of Chanderpaul. Stark in. Full edged. Caught by Carey moving to his left. West Indies, four for 57. Athenae's the latest to go for eight. Stark once more running in, bowling to Graves. Graves edges. He's caught by Kawaja. Caught low down at slip. Flawless catching by Australia again. And Stark's taken three for 11 in 7.2 overs. A dominant first session from the Australians and then an excellent fight back from the West Indies. Eight for 266 after an engaging day's test cricket. Grandstand at Stumps down on the boundary here at the Gabba with Carl Hooper, Glenn McGrath and Nathan Lyon joins us straight up after uh, a pretty tough day in the field for the Australians. Thanks for your time, Nathan. How do you assess it? Uh, yeah, I thought we bowled pretty well, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting wicket with the pink ball. Uh, the pink ball goes quite soft and we found it challenging there, but also you've got to give credit to the guys with, with the bat. Uh, I thought uh, Josh and, uh, uh, well, I forget his name now, Hodgie, Brad Hodge, I thought he batted very well. Yeah, Kabem Hodge had a, had a very good day. Um, five for 64 after the first session of play. What was the, the chat among the Australians after a pretty dominant first couple of hours? Uh, just to continue to do the thing. Uh, we know our roles as bowlers. Uh, we know know the plan. If we can hang in there for long periods of time, then we'll create some chances. Um, brilliant session at the start, but we're playing Test cricket. Guys, the teams are allowed to fight back against us, and it really, I know, put us under a little bit of pressure there. But um, proud of the guys, the way they stuck at it. It was a pretty hard, hot, humid day, um, but for our quicks to do what they did was pretty exceptional. And Adelaide's the the base night experience for test cricket and pink ball experience. I mean, you've been here for the other two day-nighters here. So can you just expand a little on the way the pitch played and, and the way that the pink ball played? Uh, interesting. I'm trying not to get in trouble. Um, and this is just my opinion. I, I, I feel like the the right venue for pink ball test is, is, is Adelaide Oval, and that's because the, the contest between bat and ball and the, the grass left on the wicket. This, this wicket, um, I think it would be a brilliant red ball wicket, if I'm being honest with you. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, it's still going to be a, get, a, be, get a good game here, I, I believe. Uh, it's just hard work for the bowlers, and I like playing cricket when there's a contest between bat and ball, and the best, the, the best players in the world tend to find a way to get some runs or take wickets when, it, when it's challenging. So we've gone from unplayable last summer to a bit too easy this summer at the Gabba. 
That's your words. <laughs> Glenn. And, uh, so, I know uh, Mitchell Stark, how good is he with the pink ball? He picked up four wickets here today. 350th test wicket. He's not far off the great Dennis Lilly. He, he must be great having him in the team for these day-night test matches. Oh, mate, he, he loves the pink ball. There's no secret about that. He's come out and said that. But Starkey's been a world-class bowler for, since he's debuted. Um, and I love playing with him. I think he's absolutely exceptional. Um, but with the pink ball in his hand, he seems to grow another leg. And But today, as I said, that's that was... Hot and humid today, and for him to roll out 20 odd overs and take four for, I really he set the bar again. Keeps pushing the bar higher for our Australian quicks, and he's absolutely exceptional in my eyes. And uh, COVID raises its head again. You got Cameron Green out there. Wasn't allowed to come near any of you guys. Had a bit of fun with him today. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm over it. I'm over. It. Let's just get on with it. Um, but yeah, no, he, he's feeling fine, but he's just got that um, little blue line or red line or whatever it is uh, on his little test. So. I feel like he'll be back with this mid-mid game. So, but his spirits are high, um, and he's still a value member. That's a, just a pain in the ass with that COVID. Um, Nathan, you seemed a little bit unhappy with the surface. Do you think as the game wears on, they'll dry out a little bit more, and there'll be a little bit more assistance there for you? Maybe you know, third day, fourth day, if the game lasts that long. Oh, I think there's enough there now. I feel like I, I felt like I bowled really well today. Felt like there's a bit of spin there, a bit of natural variation. Um, the challenging thing is with the pink ball, it goes quite soft, and yet what I, in my terms, you end up bowling for a hacky sack. Uh, you're trying to generate some stuff off the wicket, so um, it really comes back back to your skill and trying to do guys in the air and uh, with your variations. So um, I, I still think there's going to be a, a result here, um, and there's going to be enough in the wicket to do that. But it's just really challenging when the ball goes so soft on a really hard surface. Was there any? adjustments you notice you had a good look at Kafim, you had a good look at Hodge um, certainly in this test match maybe not in the last third is there anything that you any adjustments you saw them make playing you today to be honest with you I've been really impressed with Hodge I thought I thought he the way he lines up the ball he's he, he's built for test cricket uh, he, he leaves really well he plays to his strength so and we thought that last week as well and that's come off some against a decent bowling attack with uh, a little bit of assistance in the wicket down in Adelaide, and I thought he batted extremely well today. As I said, I thought he lined up really well, he left well, and he played to his strengths. So at the end of the day, you've got to take your hat off to the opposition every now and then and say, well played, and, and I thought he was exceptional today. It took a really good ball to get him out and another good catch. No, still a couple of wickets left to get, obviously, at the end of um, early tomorrow, but what, what do you reckon the key things that the Australian batting group are going to need to do tomorrow um, to, to obviously chase down this total and get a lead? Uh, well, you know, me, pro, I can't bat, but I feel if they just stick to their strengths, I, I think we, we cricket, we can overcomplicate things, um, but we're some of the best batters in the world there um, in our change room, and very lucky that. So if they should um, stay patient, respect the decent ball, score off the loose ones and stick to their plan, but I'm not going in there and asking what Marnus's batting plan is because I won't sleep. He will, he'll talk to me all night. Nathan, always appreciate your time. Um, Thanks for uh, your thoughts after day one at the Gabba. Too easy. Thanks, guys. Nathan Lyon and gentlemen, Phil Jakes, Carl Hooper, Glenn McGrath with me. Uh, that's given us some talking points uh, around the pitch, which uh, we'll get to in a moment because I, I think our next guest is not too far away. Indeed, just shaking hands with the crew here. Kavem, Quentin Hull from the ABC. Nice to meet you. And 
congratulations on your hand today. The, the team was in a lot of trouble when you went out there and eight for 266 after, after the day, you've, you've helped get them into a competitive position. Well done. Yeah, um, you know, we knew it was going to be a dogfight coming up against the Australians. Um, obviously not giving up a good show in the first test, you know, so we know that we really had to try and be consistent with whatever we do. Um, you know, it was important that whoever got in, you know, try and push on as deep, deep as possible. It's just unfortunate that, you know, we couldn't have seen at the end of the day, but I'm really happy with the fight that the guys are showing. So hopefully tomorrow we can come and push on. Just your second test match. Did you feel a little bit more comfortable going out there today compared to last week in Adelaide? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I was the first to admit in the last team meeting after the first test. You know, the butterflies got the best of me. Um, you know, but now is I'm a bit more relaxed. I could, you know, work my plan and, and you know just just enjoy the environment, enjoy test cricket. You know, so I'm really happy with the time in the middle. So I'm just trying to be consistent as possible. I'll bring Carl in here. He's been with us the last couple of summers. You weren't here last summer, but Carl's been wishing for a bit of fight and, and your boys showed some fight today. Yeah, we certainly had a bit of fight today. Kavim, look, well played today. What are some of the adjustments you made from the last test match to this test match? The test match in Ajde is nicked off twice down the road and today I see you making a, a big effort to leave the balls alone. What are some of the technical adjustments you made? I think it was just me. First of all, I, I was more relaxed. Like I said, the first test, you know, my test debut, big occasion playing against Australia, you know, the nerves got the best of me. But I think um, here I was a bit more relaxed and obviously, you know, looking back at some videos, spending time with the nets and just really focusing on what is it that I need to do. Um, you know, I think that was generally my game plan, leaving the ball outside the off stump. Um, so yeah, that, that was basically just zoning in on that, knowing that's what I have to do and just trying to be consistent with it, every ball, every ball, over after over. And I don't know if I'm, I'm right in saying, was this the first time you played in a ping ball and batted in the evening against it? Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, it, it takes a, a bit of a adjusting too. When the sun goes down, all the lights are on, you know, you, your, your, your visuals are everywhere. It's just a matter of trying to focus. And my thing is just like any normal cricket, the more time you spend at the wicket, you know, you, you feel more relaxed, you feel more in. You're not always in, but you know, you, you're, you're able to make better judgments. I just wanted to ask, Nathan Lyon was suggesting it was it was difficult for the Australians to bowl because the ball got soft. Now, you've spent time out there, obviously, you feel more comfortable with your batting, but did you notice a distinct change? I mean, you were out there at the back end of the first session, and what about at the back end of the second session as, as the game progressed, the, the conditions and the ball? Yeah, um, I think just before the new ball was taken, you know, the, the old ball stopped swinging. Um, you could see that they changed the tactics, trying to bowl straight at you, so we knew that the ball stopped swinging. It was just a matter of being aware of what exactly they were trying to do and stick with it, um, you know, leaving as much possible and trying to keep them out of the game as long as possible, um, you know, allowing them to bowl to us. So, you know, you could have sensed some things changing and it was just a matter of trying to zone in on that, that part of the game. And Kavet, how did you find the pitch out there? Didn't seem to have a great deal of pace, but it, yeah. did it take a while to get in? And once you found the pace, it was a lot easier. And what do you expect the rest of the test to do? Yeah, exactly that. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, of getting in it. You know, looking at it uh, today when we came um, this afternoon before the match, we, we knew that it was going to be pretty good for batting. You know, it was nice and rock hard. So, you know, I think the most important thing it was we had to get in. No matter how good the wickets is, you still have to get in. Um, it's just unfortunate that some of the guys didn't. But I knew that, you know, once once that was done, it was just a matter of taking it deep as possible. But it's a very good wicket for batting. And, and what was the chat at that first break? You know, five wickets down. Yeah. Was it? Come on, you can keep doing it. Hang in there. Let's fight. 
Yeah, I think the, the, the message from the, the team and, and, and the coaching staff that, you know, we still have quality batsmen at the wicket. We still have quality batsmen to come. It's just a matter of believing, sticking with it for long periods and just taking the game as deep as possible. Um, obviously, as we see, you know, we had a very good, Joshua and I had a very good partnership. So, and the game is, you know, evenly balanced. So, you know, you never know. Once you spend time at the wicket, you know, things happen in your favour. So that was basically the message that was pushed at us. When those five wickets fell, was there was there a key a key time where, as a batting group, you guys just said, right, we need to we need to change our game plan here because I noticed up in the up in the commentary box, just there was a lot of drives on the up, there was a lot of playing out in front early on, yeah. and then you guys played distinctly later, yeah. played really straight, played played a lot more old school almost Test yeah. cricket, and yeah. it was it was actually really good to watch, like the you know <laughs> the, the way you guys went about it. Um, was there a distinct time where you guys just said right we've got to get our heads down we've got to um, rein it back I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say there was a distinct time I think everybody in the dressing room has their own styles I think my style is, is you know I am a firm believer in earning the right to do a lot of things um, you know spending time leaving a lot of balls and being patient for consist, uh, and consistent over long periods so I think it was more a reflection of, of me rather than a batting group in general you know everybody have their own styles but we just have to try and tie it into what's happening at the game in the game at the, at the moment so um, you know, but yeah, we realised, hey, you know, going at the ball hard and, and, and playing the big fancy drives isn't going to cut it. So it was important that we hang in and let the guys bowl to us. And so the partnership you form with, with Josh De Silva out there, yeah. you work well together? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we, had, we had some good partnerships in the warm-up game. You know, he got 100 yeah. and I got 99 and out. Um, so yeah, we, we developed a, a really good understanding from, from, from that innings and we, you know, it was really nice to carry it on. Unfortunately, like I said, we couldn't have, you know, take it to the end of the day. But you know, it's, it's a really good platform for us moving forward. So it's just a matter of learning from this and building on it. You've been generous with your time, Kabam. Just to, to finish with, you're a player that's come to test cricket later in your, your cricketing life. You've probably dreamed of a day where you could make a difference for the West Indies. That day's today, well done. You've finally got there. You've, you've been able to play an innings of significance for your country in the baggy red cap. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even while I was batting in the middle and when I, I got off strike, I was like 60 an hour. I was just like, wow. I'm really here at the guard. The crowd is loud. I'm like, I'm really here at the guard, but you know, playing against Australia, I'm 60 other. And you know, I was just trying to take everything, you know, not take anything for granted. You know, just take it all in and I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying it. Hopefully the, uh, the tail can push on and give you a few more to bowl at, but congratulations on your hand today and thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you very much. You can see he's an absolutely, he's a picture of, of a beaming cricketer, Glenn. I mean, for everyone, you always remember that first day where you make a difference in Test cricket and that was Kavim Hodges' day today. Yeah, and, and that's what you want to do. You want to contribute to the team and, uh, yeah, it's, to me it's about attitude. If you're playing this level, you have the ability, you have the skill, but it's attitude and getting out there and enjoying and making the most of it. And, and that's what I think is infectious about this West Indian team, the attitude and just the energy they have. And if they can turn it into performances out in the middle, it's even better. You remember that day for you, Jake? you spent so long working. And this is a guy who's, what, 30 years of age? Kavam Hodge, second test. And after all of those years, junior cricket, playing through the grades, he... He gets a, a day where he gets to shine for his, his country. Yeah, I, that, that's exactly right. I think what Glenn said spot on. I think you dream of putting the cap on and playing for your country. And then when you get there, it's like, how am I going to make a difference now? And I, I think often that first test is a bit of a blur. You're just happy to be there. You're happy to wear the cap. And then, and then all of a sudden, it's like, hey, I'm actually here to do a job. 
how do I go about it? What does my best look like? And um, Kevin Hodges today, that, that was that was some really disciplined test batting and really impressive. We saw the smiles of Shamar Joseph in, in Adelaide, Carl. That, that's got to be heartening. You see these guys getting their opportunity and we look from, you know, we know the issues in, in the country that you so proudly represented, trying to produce the next red ball cricketers, but gee, you've got some guys that care. It, it must be really heartening from that respect. Well, yes, it was good to hear Nathan Lyons say that somebody like Kavim Hodge, he's got the ideal temperament and game suited for red ball cricket. I thought so too. Um, a, a number of these guys here, I suppose with the exception of maybe McKenzie, I think their games are ideally suited to the longer format. So hopefully we can keep this bunch together. Um, you know, the board and the coaches and everybody can get behind them and, and, and build on it. I know they're not the, the they're not young blokes, they're, you know, 28, Kavim is 30. But still, you know, he's a fit young man. He's probably got a good six, seven, eight years in him if he stays fit. And, you know, the next time they come to these shores, you know, we have a, a much better and stronger West Indies team. I'll just go back to Glenn for a moment and retouch on the narrative that, that Nathan Lyon hit. He was pretty straightforward that the ball went soft pretty quickly and this pitch is too flat. So I love your assessment of the way the Australians went about their work today. Do you, I mean, we're not out there. Nathan Lyon's been a long stalwart. He knows test cricket. But uh, uh, just an assessment of the way that he was rather scathing in his assessment and then your assessment of, of the way the Australians went about it. You know, that first session, I think Australia would have been very happy with it, 5 for 64. Um, you'd probably come out and think a couple, couple of quick wickets and we can go through them here. But looking at that second session especially, there wasn't many play and misses, there wasn't many false shots, there wasn't many chances. So the Australians didn't give him a great deal and there wasn't much happening. And I think we all knew that this pink ball, once it gets a little bit soft on a pitch like this, was going to be very hard work. So we'll see what happens with the rest of this test match. Uh, but yeah, I think it's going to be tough work for the bowlers out there, especially once that uh, ball gets around that 25, 30 over mark. From then on, it's going to be very, very tough. So. It, it is a wicket you've got to take, or you've got to take wickets with the new ball, because it's going to get tougher from there. And, and to be honest, it's probably you want to see the competition between bat and ball. Once it gets 30 overs, it's actually uh, a lot, pretty much in the batsman's favour. Yeah, it's the worst thing to hear, Phil Jakes. You, uh, you're someone who's uh, coached Queensland, so knows the Gabba really well outside of your playing career. Um, maybe the overcorrection. Well, we, we saw it a minefield against South Africa and pink ball and a West Indies team not renowned for batting long times the last summer and a bit and maybe maybe it just hasn't hit the right court again. Yeah, well, three mil of grass is extraordinarily short for the Gabba. Um, we're normally used to seeing stalks in the wicket when we come up here. There's normally a good layer of grass, always a little bit of sideways movement for the bowlers and, and good carry. There was some decent pace today, uh, I think, it was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't dying. It wasn't landing short. There was, you know, balls getting consistently above the waist high of Carey. But yeah, when you see a a slip in standing in front, like a, you know, almost like a kamikaze floating slip um, at the Gabba, it is. It is a sad thing. You want to see that ball flying through consistently. You want to see sideways movement. You want to see that contest with bat and ball. Did they go too far? We'll see at the end of the at the end of the game. But um, yeah, as Glenn said, the, the new ball wickets are paramount, um, and the old ball you have to work hard. You have to come up with different ways of getting them out. And it was good to see Australia's bowlers tested today and having to go deep into the well to to get their wickets. 
as Australia still won the day. Eight for 266 at Stumps, five for 64 the first session, none for 81 the second, three for 111 the last, eight for 266 batting first. Here, who's in front? Well, I guess we'll know tomorrow, won't we? Yeah. Um, you know, I would have, I, at that first break, I was thinking if they bowl Australia, uh, West Indies out for 100, 120, that was on the cards. So, yeah, if Australia come out and get a good first innings lead, then you can say, yeah, it's their day today. But the way the West Indies showed fight, they came back, they applied themselves. That's what you want to see. We see, saw a bit of a contest out there today. So, to be honest, I, I'm sort of giving it probably 50-50, really, apart from that first session. Okay, Carl? Well, at 64 for five, um, I would have taken 266 for eight at the end of the day. Um, look, I think, you know, tomorrow, if West Indies can, the tail can whack for a little bit. Um, Sinclair can bat. We've seen Joseph can, can handle himself. We've no Roach can handle himself. So if they can wag a little bit and get it another 40 runs or so, 50 runs or so, 300, 310, they'll have to bowl well because this is a good surface as we saw this evening. Um, Kevin um, Hodge alluded to the fact that it's a hard surface, there's no grass, and we spin the ball gets a bit soft. Batting is easy. So 310, it's a workable score, but they'll have to bowl well and feel well and catch well in order to stay in this test match. With the ABC Listen app, you can take the cricket with you anywhere you go. Bow! Off to the beach. Take the cricket. Road trip. Take the cricket. Museum visit. Shh, take the cricket. Seriously? You want to listen? <laughs> ABC Sports, expert coverage of every test. Big shout, he's out. One day up. Australia is celebrating. And T20. Over the rope for another six. Live and commercial free. So whatever you're up to this summer, take the cricket with you and listen big on the ABC Listen app. Stark bowls, Hodge swings at this and he gets it away, he's going down to the boundary for six. West Indies trying hard to build this partnership into something substantial. It's worth 49 and it's got Hodge back cutting for four. Now that is a good stroke. A little bit of width and he leapt on it and smacked it on the cut away to the boundary to bring up, bring up the 50 partnership. Stark has got the ball. Here he comes. The Vulture Street Andy bowls to Hodge and Hodges for driving a good stroke. Past the bowler, that's four. It races away on the straight drive for four. Hodge on 49. Waits for Green. And edges on the bounce through Marsh in the gully. And that's his 50th run. This time it's drifting into the pads and De Silva works it past head at short leg and they take a quick infield single. Green knocks it down at backward square. And that's De Silva's 50. And the partnership now worth exactly 100 as well. Nice timing. Lyon darts it in and it's pulled fiercely by Hodge. Backward of square, along the ground, out to the boundary for four. Not too many fans left. It's still steamy enough down at ground level and uh, good fight from the West Indies today. There was real fear that it wasn't looking like competitive cricket at all at, at 5 for 64. And among other things, during the course of the day, as the, as the cricket was rolling out in front of us, the forecast for the rest of the test seems to be a bit more favourable as well. We're expecting to get cricket tomorrow, then bucketing rain across Saturday and Sunday. So the good news is it, it looks like probably Sunday now. Saturday's looking much clearer. So uh, that's, that's good news for people who are planning to come to the cricket. Thanks, Glenn. Chat to you tomorrow. No, I look forward to the rest of your days. We probably won't get a drop of rain this test match now, the way it's going, and get full four or five days. So looking forward to it. And Carl, it's, it's, it's been a tough 
three and a bit tests for you over the last couple of summers. Good day for you guys today, albeit a, a shaky start. Nice, yeah, well, nice you can go home with a bit of a smile. Well, not a bit of a smile, but a better showing. <laughs> it could have been worse. Um, look, you know, as I said, 266 for eight, we'll take it. Uh, big day tomorrow, let's see how it unfolds. And feel uh, this Gabba Strip that was your home as, as coach of the Bulls for a couple of years, it continues to be talked about, doesn't it? I think we'll get a bit more assessment come through, but Nathan Lyon, he only knows one way, fourth right, and yeah. Yep, he, uh, he hit the groundsman between the eyes, didn't he, Nathan? But yeah, like I, I think uh, you know it'll it'll all unfold. I think over the next few days, just to see how this how this pitch does unfold, whether it deteriorates, and whether whether we can see twenty you know twenty wickets falling. Thank you, gentlemen. Let's do it all again at 1.30 local time tomorrow. The West Indies, 8 for 266, having recovered from 5 for 64. Thanks to the entire team here. Thanks for your company. And a reminder, if you're on digital or get to the Listen app, more sport coming your way with the conclusion of the women's semifinals at Rod Labor Arena.